Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Kamari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified Kamari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Today, we explore the mindset and reasoning behind holding on to things because they represent a particular dream, goal, or investment that's been left unfulfilled. Even though you know in your heart that the items have overextended their welcome, it can be painful to let go of them or maybe even the idea of them. We call these items unfinished business or maybe someday items. These are things that represent an ideal aspiration or a dream that you had about the kind of person you wanted to be. Maybe you saw yourself as a gifted artist or an accomplished cook. Maybe you tried to journal every day or create elaborate scrapbooks for your family. Maybe you saw yourself using workout equipment or on a specific diet or meal plan. Maybe your list of to-dos tripled while decluttering, leaving you with things to repair, mend, or upgrade. When your KonMari tidying journey is over, you'll have the time, resources, and energy to pursue these passions. So it's important to make sure every second of that time counts by filling it with high-value activities, edited down to just the things you love and intend to complete in your lifetime. Today, we'll talk you through how to handle unfinished business and ensure that your aspirations are true to who you are and who you want to be. But first, it's time for a joy check. Kristen, what is sparking joy for you in the new year? Well, new year, new me. So I've started to focus on tracking a lot of activities And the first thing I started tracking was my time. So I'm not really making judgment or analysis about it. I'm just tracking where I spend my time, trying to get to a whole 168 hours, which is one week's worth of solid time tracking, which is very difficult because when you're in the moment in your life, like it's very hard to stop and like enter the things into the spreadsheet and make sure you've got it all aligned and I'm color coding things and doing all the things. So it's been really fun to look at where my time's going. And I've expanded that exercise to fully embracing bullet journaling as well. So I've had many, many journals over the years. I've had one probably since I was in the eighth grade. (laughs) Like I love planning. I love goals from you know, trapper keepers and Franklin planners and <laughs> everything in between. So I am usually not too loyal to journals and often have like a graveyard of like half finished or unfinished journals going on, speaking of unfinished business. So this year I decided to talk to an expert and also really shift to a style of journaling that is more of my own. So I basically created my own bullet journal or dot journal. And it has components that are completely drawn and designed by me. And it has the little things that I liked from all the journals that have come along the way, my journey of life, all in one place. So it's completely designed to fit the way I think about tasks and life. 
So yeah, I've just gone like head first into this and so far so good. I have not missed any days or forgotten to track things for the most part. So consistency is key. So we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Well, it's super interesting that you mentioned this because as you know, we will be focusing on tracking things in an upcoming episode. So I'm excited about that as well. Yeah, I'm excited to continue to talk about this whole idea of paying attention to your time and your schedule and your tasks. That comes up a lot when we talk about Kanmari and tidying. So I'm sure we're going to tie it in in future episodes as well. So Karen, what's going on with you? What's sparking the most joy these days? I have finally come to terms with letting go of a dream that involved gutting and remodeling our master bathroom. This bathroom was very sloppily renovated before we moved into the apartment. And I knew that the previous owners had pulled it together just to sell the apartment. I could tell that it was not a really good remodel, but we wanted the apartment and and I, I had hoped that someday I'd be able to remodel this bathroom the way I wanted it to be. We've decided that we probably are not going to be in this apartment long enough to really justify a complete remodel. So as much as I hated it, I've let go of of my desire to just really redo this whole bathroom in the way that I wanted to do it. But we did decide that we would do kind of a little remodel and that would be to redesign the storage. We have two nice little closets in this bathroom, but they're just not really outfitted very well. They're not really outfitted to the way that that I feel the bathroom should be kind of done in order to maximize the space and also to make it most useful. So I'm going to go ahead and do that as well as a few other little things that I think will make me feel better about the bathroom. So I'm having one of the closet people that I use a lot for clients come in and give me an estimate next week, actually, to let me know what he thinks we can do for the closet. So part of it was letting go of some unfinished business, but also taking a look at what I do feel good about accomplishing in this particular space. You know, the bathroom spent a lot of time there and want it to be nice. So I'm looking forward to getting that done. Yeah, that's going to be a nice one to check off your list and probably great for resale too down the line. Imagine having really efficient storage is key in New York. Oh, yeah, it certainly is. So I feel good about the decision. I didn't feel great about the amount of money that it would have cost to do exactly what I wanted to do. So this nice little compromise feels like something that that's really manageable. Plus, it won't take a long time. And, um, you yeah, know, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting that over with and just kind of putting that kind of uh, that unfinished business behind me. All right. So let's get into it. We'll start by defining what we mean by unfinished business. This is about the things that you have held onto over a long period of time without making progress toward completing the action steps involved. These things can hold you back, cause confusion, and in extreme cases, can cause you to abandon your tidying altogether. Now, we'll walk through examples of common maybe someday items you may encounter in KonMari category order. We'll start by talking about clothing in general, but repairs and adjustments of these things specifically. Clothing is a category where repairs and adjustments can really come into play with a lot of the items that you're holding on to. 
Do you have mending or tailoring that needs to be done? Jars full of buttons that are kept just in case. All the buttons that came with garments that you just stick in a jar or a drawer, thinking that you may need them one day. Ironing. Ironing is a big category. Lots of times we have garments that really aren't wearable until they've been ironed. But ironing is a tedious task. So sometimes these things just don't get done. It's important to remember your time is valuable. So the first step is to evaluate if the item is worth the effort to take care of it. So if something has a rip or a tear, is it time to let it go or is it time to spend the money, effort, and the time and energy to bring it back to a place where you would feel proud to wear it? Make sure you don't put things in your closet that aren't already ready to wear, ready to go. So going back to Karen's point about ironing, making everything grab and go is key. When I'm working with clients, a lot of times they've decided to keep something, but they'll say, oh, but I have to iron this or it needs to go to the tailor. And then they'll want to put it back in the closet just to get it out of the way. I try to really discourage this because nothing should be in your closet that can't be worn. It just makes it so easy to forget about it again. And it'll keep you from being able to wear something in your closet that you might really love. It just requires a little tailoring or a little mending. But when it comes to things like ironing, you may have the most perfect shirt that you love, but it only works if it's been ironed. Is it going to be worth to you the amount of time or money if you're sending it out to get ironed that is required in order to make it a wearable garment? It's okay to decide that you really like something, but you know that you're just never going to be able to do what's required in order to make it wearable. I've actually designed my life in a way that I don't have to iron hardly at all. I actually only have an iron for guests. And then I have a steamer that I use if I need to touch up something. But it's rare that I need to do that. I think it probably comes from the fact that ironing was my main chore in my childhood. So as an adult, (laughs) I was like, I don't want to iron anything because I was tired of doing it so much when I was younger. So I make sure that, like you said, everything in my closet is grab and go. And ironing also shows up a lot when I'm going to travel for a long vacation. So I'm going to Greece in July. And I was just looking at the things that I have in my closet for that trip. I was really making sure I shop my closet for it. There was a couple of things that were in the far back corners, like the gold clothes, let's say, that I'm going uh-huh. to wear. And some of them had been in a box for a while. So they were getting a little wrinkly. So I remember making note in my mind that I need to make sure to iron these before I go on my trip. Because the last thing I like to do on vacation is iron anything. I don't want any of my vacation time um, used towards that task. So I also plan ahead when I'm traveling to make sure that all that unfinished business is taken care of. For me, it is hand-washable things. I used to have a whole lot of things that had to be hand-washed and hung up to dry. And they would pile up in the closet because I had a little place where I kept them, but they would just gather there until I would just get fed up with the pile and wash them. And I, I really didn't like doing it, and I didn't do it very often, and it kept me from wearing certain things. So I just got rid of those things. I still have a few things that need to be hand-washed, but I've really limited 
the amount of things that I own that require a lot of special care. And for me, it just makes it a lot easier. I still have a few things like that, but I just found it really not something that I like doing. It's just a task. It's just an additional thing. And, and for those garments that require that kind of care, I just decided that balancing it out, it was not worth what it required. So I was able to let go of those things. And I'm really picky about things that I buy if I feel like they might require a lot of special care. Next up, books. And in this category, we're talking about unread books and periodicals. Maybe I'll read them someday kinds of items. Is it okay to let go of these if you really aren't that interested in the subject? We discussed this in episode 75 with Robin Mitchell Cranfield. And one of the things we discussed in that episode is that often if you stopped reading a book after a few pages or chapters, it might be that the book just wasn't for you. There's no reason to feel guilty about that. If it wasn't something that interested you after giving it a fair try, then it's okay to decide that you can let that book go, that maybe it's not something that you need to finish. Or maybe whatever you read in that book was all you really needed to get out of it. Maybe you digested the content that was important to you after just a few pages or a quick skim of the book. It's okay to just say, you know, I got what I needed out of this book and I'm ready to let it go. I definitely need to apply that to my own life because I sometimes will read a book and I'll get to a point where I'm like, hmm, this wasn't where I thought it would go. And usually that's in the nonfiction stories or nonfiction books. And I try to like speed read through the end just so I have the satisfaction (laughs) of feeling like it's done. Because it bothers me so much to have like a book that's like half read. Oh, that's like worse than having a book that's not read to be. And so, but I feel like that's ridiculous that I need to do that. I should just say, okay, this book just isn't what I thought. It's not a fit. I'm not resonating with the message. Let me just move it along. Well, and I think Marie Kondo talks about this idea that the best time to read a book is when you just get it. Mm -hmm. Because essentially what she's saying is just that, that if you were really interested in it, you would have started reading it immediately. If you really wanted to read that magazine, you would have read it as soon as it came into your house, or at least within a reasonable amount of time. You know, when when I go to clients' homes and they have a huge stack of magazines that they haven't even read yet, they oftentimes are never going to read those magazines. That was one of the main reasons that I discontinued all subscriptions to paper magazines, to magazines that came to our home. Because I would feel guilty. Oh, I've got this stack here. I need to read through these. I have found that if there's an article that I want to read, I can find it in a different format. And I think that that makes kind of the clutter that developed around my home when it came to things like newspapers and magazines just really disappear. And I haven't missed them. Exactly. It's rare that we do miss them after we let go. They seem so critical in the moment. Right. I can't even remember the catalogs that I've canceled or the magazines. Besides Domino, that was pretty hard for me to cancel way back when. But I actually have a client who has a collection of all of the Dominoes. I used to as well. And I ended up letting them go and just purchasing a book that represented the feel and the collection and the style represented in those magazines. So that's also an option look into if you follow Vogue or Vanity Fair or Rolling Stone, they might have some kind of coffee table book that may represent 
the inspiration you're trying to get from those magazines. Next up, all of our favorites, paper. (laughs) So as a quick review, and we covered this thoroughly in episode 45, Kanmari paper category, let's review what should be showing up in this category of paper. So you're going to have Act Now paper items, things that you'll need to take care of very soon, perhaps over the next 90 days or over the next six months. Also, you're going to have Keep Temporary. So that's their second category. So anything that has a time boundary, like a policy, a contract, a license, those type of things are going to be uh, Keep Temporary. So things like your taxes. And then we have the last category, which is keep forever. So really important documents you'll want to grab in an emergency, like a will, a trust, any birth, death, or divorce certificates, marriage certificates, IDs, passports, security documents, all those type of things. So those are the categories that are showing up. The three main paper categories But then there's some categories that I usually change the post-it label for (laughs) to remind my clients that paper has some other things that may appear. So you might have a pile that is shredding and you might have a pile for scan and you might have a pile for relocation. So that could be relocation within your home or to your office or to give someone else. So those three additional categories may show up. They're not official paper categories, but they're more like business categories. And they sometimes turn into unfinished business if not addressed efficiently. So definitely keep an eye out for that type of unfinished business, piles of to shred, to scan, or to relocate. Also, just as a reminder, paper is different than sentimental. So you might find some items within your paper clutter category that are literally and physically paper, but they're things like journals or kids' artwork or photos. All those things are sentimental for the most part, depending on how you feel about them and depending if they're going to take a long time for you to process or start you heading down memory lane a little bit too early on in the Kanmari cycle. So make sure that you separate the two tasks and deal with true paper first before jumping into sentimental. I remember when I was processing my own paper, I was putting a lot of ideas to rest and a lot of previous life seasons to rest So I had a big task and I had a big box of business cards. (laughs) And Ah. oh my goodness, talk about unfinished business. Just looking at that box gave me so much guilt, knowing that I didn't immediately follow up with the people in that box, knowing that I didn't stay on top of the fact that times I would receive 30 business cards at a time because I was doing a lot of workshops and events. I wasn't really on my contact management And also, I was in the midst of shifting from potentially going into a design field to being an organizer. I was right on the fence of making that decision. My clutter was like whispering to me, maybe the Kamari direction was the way to go. So in the end, I decided to let go of the entire box because in this case, business cards are very time sensitive and 
they often go out of date very quickly. So it's important to take action on them immediately. So now I don't let them become unfinished business. I scan them into my phone. I email people immediately. So I don't have a lot of paper hanging around or anything hanging over my head, causing me guilt and stress. You know, and again, I think this is one of those categories where you can safely say that if you didn't take action on it pretty quickly, that maybe it's not anything you need to take action on at all. So that's always an option. The next category is kimono. Under kimono falls a lot of different unfinished business. The big one for me is hobbies. Hobbies can be involved in a lot of different kimono subcategories, cooking, sporting goods, or hobbies such as crafts. But this one can be a really big one when it comes to unfinished business. For some people, buying craft supplies is actually the hobby. Going to uh, Michael's or the other, or Joanne's or some of the other crafting and make do-it-yourself kinds of places can actually be the hobby itself. It's really fun, this idea, this allure of making something yourself. And sometimes that's more appealing than actually spending the time on the project. Hobby stores are really tempting. Lots of times they're really beautiful. I don't know how to knit, but I've gone into yarn stores before and I just wanted to buy every color of yarn there because they can be really beautiful. Um, Needlepoint patterns, a lot of times the potential of a needlepoint pattern and the craft projects in how to do it books are much more appealing than the idea of actually sitting down and spending the time to do it. You may have had moments of, well, I could just make this myself or I could bake this pie myself if I just had the right equipment. But then maybe when you got those things, they just sat in the bag or maybe you started and never really finished it. You might have bought patterns or fabrics or silk flowers to put a project together but you just never got around to it. Maybe you bought a musical instrument and the idea was that it would be really relaxing to learn how to play it and to play it for your friends and family, but you just never got around to learning how to play. Or maybe you started and just never felt like you enjoyed it as much as you thought you would. Speaking of musical instruments, you may have started a lesson of some kind and just never gotten around to applying what you learned in that lesson. And you still have the equipment associated to this hobby, sport, or activity. It's really okay to decide something is just not for you, or maybe what you got out of it was just what you needed. I had this happen when it came to a bread baking class that I attended recently, I am not super into cooking and baking. I love to eat, but (laughs) I love to eat food that other people have made for me. I'm not really into having a lot of appliances or different types of baking pans and all that. I'm pretty minimal in the kitchen. So I decided to get out of my comfort zone and go to a bread baking course just to see what that was all about. And it was really fun. I learned so much about yeast and the different types of bread and the different ways that you can design the perfect loaf and the perfect 
treat for guests. But then I took that yeast sample home and it sat in my refrigerator now for probably three months. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows if it even is still fresh and functional. I didn't end up applying any of that knowledge to anything. I had high hopes to creating something, but I just never got to it. And it made me truly embrace the fact that I'm, I was right with (laughs) the fact that I'm just... (laughs) Not really into hand baking and making things when it comes to the cooking department. I, I might do things on my own time, but it just oh, just wasn't a fit for me. So I did see that yeast in the refrigerator and I realized that it's time to let go. The aspiration is just not doing anything for me anymore. So I think I'll do this right after we record here today. I'm going to throw away that yeast package because I don't think it's uh, valuable for anyone. It's that's so great. But yeah, so that's going to feel be feel good to let that go. I'm sure that I've told the story about my little needlepoint project that I carried around with me for years over several moves and visiting several different countries and several different trips, thinking the whole time, oh, I'm just going to sit down during this trip and really get into this project. There was nothing more liberating than when I took all of the little components of that project, put them in a bag, and donated them to Goodwill. Finally, I was able to say that I just don't like doing needlepoint. I really wanted the end result of the needlepoint project, but the actual work to do it was just not anything I was ever going to do. And just being able to say, I'm letting this go. I don't need to feel bad about not finishing it someone else can finish it was just really eye-opening. And let me tell you something, I've not started a craft project since then and I'm perfectly okay. (laughs) (laughs) I have a cross-stitch as well. Same thing happened where I had this idea that I was going to cross-stitch an advent calendar for my godson. And I started on it and I started making so many mistakes that I became like frustrated by it. And then I would put it down, pick it up and get frustrated again. Then functionally, it wasn't ultimately going to be that great. And then I was trying to get too detailed about it, like trying to change the skin tone of the elves that were on. Wow. (laughs) I mean, I was just getting way too extra about it and it wasn't moving forward. The needle, so to speak, was not moving. And this thing has been sitting in my closet and it's officially time to let it go because I've already moved on. And I found an awesome advent calendar for my niece that I think I'm also going to get for my godson. And it is amazing. It's a better quality. It's a bigger size. And yes, it's not as sentimental as this cross-stitch thing was going to be, but it is sentimental in a sense, even though it was bought from a store. So I'm going to let that project go. Not going to let the hobby of cross-stitching go because I do enjoy that. But that particular one just didn't make the cut. (laughs) And I think also there's this idea that somehow doing it yourself will save you money. Well, getting back to this idea of baking, I can attest to the fact that the $80 I spent for the ingredients for a pie that didn't turn out very well at all really taught me that going down the street and buying a $20 pie is really the way to go next time. So really want to take a look at how you're justifying you're spending money on a hobby. If you decide to do it in spite of all that, or you want to give it a try anyway, that's perfectly fine. But I think it's so important just to say, 
you know, this is just not for me. I gave it a try. I learned what I needed to learn. And now I'm ready to move on. The question, does it spark joy, is a simple one, but not so easy to execute alone. Extend your tidying experience by joining the Spark Joy Club, our online community filled with our clients, fellow listeners, and Kamari enthusiasts ready to support your journey. If you find yourself buried under clothing, stuck on storage, or pointing fingers at untidy housemates or family members, we want to help you finish your tidying journey once and for all. Support the show at the Joy Riser level and receive access to our exclusive virtual community, as well as the Tidy Home Joy Journal, your number one tidying companion. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click on Join the Club to get started. And now back to the show. Last but not least, in the sentimental category. So, scrapbooks, displaying or installing a collection or photograph management. Do you have plans to scrapbook, for example, or quilt together old baby clothes or display items in a shadow box? Is this something that you will do in the near future? One of the things I've noticed is that some of my clients have come up with some really creative ways of displaying things. And I think this really ties into this idea that you don't want to just stick these things away and never really see them. But what is the plan with these items? Are you really enjoying them if you have them in a box stuck under your bed or in the attic? What is the long-term plan for these items? If they are clothing related, you know, like concert t-shirts, will you really ever wear them again? Is there something else you might do with these items that would make them more meaningful to you? What are some of the options? Can you get creative with ideas on how to hold on to the memory without maybe needing to hold on to an entire drawer full of concert t-shirts or a box full of old concert ticket stubs? There's a lot of ways to do this. A lot of times clients will decide to take a photo of something and then let it go. They still have the memory. They still have captured what it was that that item represented to them, but they don't need to keep it forever. We don't live in museums, and it's important that all of the things in your home are important to you right now, not something that you see is maybe someday I'll get all these photographs together and make a scrapbook, or maybe someday I want to do something with these old corks that I've saved from all the wine bottles that my spouse and I have shared together. Think about what is important to you right now and make sure that you have gotten creative with how to enjoy the things that are part of your life for now. I just heard that one of my clients shared with someone else I know that one of the most memorable moments she had when she was tidying up with me was handling her sentimental items. And in this case, it was little tiny things that represented her time um, taking photographs at festivals, which was her passion, Ah. hobby, and just talent. So she had accumulated so many um, wristbands and buttons and stickers and VIP passes and little things that represented so many different festivals. And I could see how much joy they brought her. So we first determined that, yes, they definitely have to stay. 
but they weren't doing anything for her being deep in a brown box. So we brought them all out. We confronted all of them. And in a matter of hours, we were able to outfit her entire clear display shelf that she had bought with the intention of someday arranging her sentimental items. We were able to just complete the task and even reuse and repurpose something she had around the house to really make that display complete. So they got out of the box and are now able to be enjoyed and become this conversation piece for those she shares her her home with, her boyfriend, or other friends that she invites to her home. Finally, let's talk about what happens with all of the things that you have decided to let go. This is something that I see as a problem for my clients a lot. You may have started your tidying or maybe even completed it, but your donations and discards haven't found their new home yet. Bags of donations in the garage or in the back of the closet, piles of things designated for a family member, but they never seem to pick them up. Or maybe you even have bags of donations in the trunk of your car that you've had in there for a long time. If you have designated items that need to go to family members or friends, make sure you put some boundaries around that, set a deadline for yourself, or even set a deadline for others that might be picking up things from your home. It's important to create that sense of urgency so that you can avoid storing things you no longer want in your home and blocking your energy and the ability to see your vision realized. If someone wants something, ask them to get it as soon as possible or let it go in another way. And if you're feeling uncertain, if something could be sold or recycled and you feel like that's keeping you from the final step, selling or consigning things can take a lot of time. So make sure you remember the value of your time. It's not worth spending two weeks to sell something for $2.00 often not worth it. So make sure you pile up what actually does need to be sold or consigned and then maybe take it to an expert to determine the value or really pick through and only select the high value items to put your energy and efforts towards selling. The same applies to recycling, this idea that your time is worth money. Try your best to make sure everything is disposed of consciously if that's something you've value, but commit to learning what to do with these things and direct them to the proper place rather than just let them sit. Spend your time, energy, and often your resources making sure everything is disposed of properly can really be a huge burden. You want to remember what your ultimate goal here and what your vision is, and that is to get these things that no longer work for you out of your home. You may have to diminish or consolidate some of your plans and expectations to avoid keeping something around just because you can't find the proper place or way to dispose of it. So we've defined what unfinished business is, and we've identified where it shows up in every Kanmari clutter category. Now we're going to talk about how to make those tough decisions. What stays and what goes? So where should you start? Well, you can probably guess. It should be your vision. Lean back on and read through the vision of your ideal living environment and your ideal life. Read it before your tidying event. 
during your tiding event and after, and try to figure out how your unfinished business ties back to your vision. That's going to be your first task. And then as you're tidying, make sure you are aware and you acknowledge the unfinished business that's showing up. So by awareness, I mean writing something down in the form of perhaps a mindful shopping list or a take action list. Also, you could do an aspiration survey, if you will. I had going to have one of my clients do this in her office space. Once we've gotten further along in kimono tidying, I'm going to have her look up from the piles and the details and see how many aspirations are represented just in her office space. And then check in in that moment and a little bit later on through the process to see if that's comfortable for her to leave around. It's just like leaving a book that you haven't read on your shelf for a long period of time. You've got to check in and if that makes you feel good or if it makes you feel guilty. And also reevaluating your capacity to embrace the unfinished business and aspirations that are showing up on this list. So at the end of your tidying event, you can check in to see if there's anything left that needs to be done and run each thing through a filter called the five D's. The first D is do. So that's pretty self-explanatory. Do the thing, especially if it takes two minutes or less. Just get it done. Next is diminish. That's your second option. Diminish is this whole idea of making the task easier for yourself. So as I mentioned, instead of hand stitching a advent calendar, going to the store and purchasing one, that's going to save me time and still have the same amount of impact. Next is delegate. So finding an expert, whether that be someone who can bake something for you, make something for you, or coach you through something like a professional organizer or Kanmari consultant. Make sure that you're delegating the things that you may not be strong in. So this takes a certain amount of self-awareness to understand some of your weaknesses and stepping forward and confidently reaching out to an expert that can push you to the next level. Next is defer. So that's moving the item further down your calendar. So there's some projects I know that aren't priority now, but will be in the future. And I defer them and very intentionally on my calendar, choose a specific date for them to land. I don't mean defer them uh, multiple times. So that can sort of be a little bit of a, a way to procrastinate. So make sure you only defer the things that are super important and you're really going to get to over time. And last but not least, we have the option of deleting the task. So that's uh, really also self-explanatory, just recognizing that, hey, who am I fooling? <laughs> that's the who am I fooling button. I'm really not going to do this thing. It's really not that important anymore. All right. So once you run your task through the five D's, if there's any that you are delegating, deferring, diminishing, or doing, you should make sure that they end up on your calendar or in some kind of plan so that you can give yourself some relief. 
For example, I have a project that I'd like to get done within the next decade. I set certain time limits. I put it on my calendar to check in with it over time. But because I have been intentional about it, it doesn't wear on my mind as a source of, oh, I feel bad and guilty that I haven't gotten to it yet. Make sure you're realistic with your plans and they align with the schedules of others who may be involved in completing this particular task. Before we wrap up, I think it's important to be clear that it's unlikely that you are going to have absolutely no unfinished business in your home. And we're definitely not saying that all of your unfinished business and maybe someday items should be deleted from your to-do list. Just the ones that are causing you unnecessary guilt and remorse. We have some that are hanging around our lists. Oh, for sure. So, for example, I'm redoing some of the containers that store some of my sweaters in my closet. And I have a trial solution that I've halfway implemented. And for the last two weeks, I've been coming into the closet every day and looking at it. I still can't make a decision about whether or not it's the right solution. So that's something I definitely need to focus on. It's certainly something that I will finish, but it's definitely not finished yet. And it will take a little bit more work and a little bit more focus on my part to decide if what I'm implementing is the right solution. Also, I have at least twice a year a list of little repairs around the apartment. You know, a little paint needs to be touched up or something needs to be done, you know, with the floors. Or right now, we need to get the upholstery on the couch clean. Those are the kind of things that that I know once I do them, I'm going to feel so great about them, but they just aren't done yet. Another thing is that I've discussed my newfound love for candles. And I've started to accumulate the containers, the jars, the glass jars that the candles come in. And I know that there is a proper way to recycle those, but they're sitting there waiting to be recycled. So I am also guilty of holding on a thing because I'm not exactly sure what to do with them. So those are some of my unfinished business. What about you, Kristen? Well, most of my unfinished business falls under the sentimental category One particular project is outside of the scope of my home. It's actually my parents and my family's photos. My parents inherited a lot of photos and frames when people on both sides of the family passed away, my grandparents specifically. So I have started to traditionally organize these photos. When I was home for the holidays, I took about 12 hours looking through frames and books and just taking out things, scraps of paper, little things that were obviously trash and boxing these things in a way that they were better preserved. My dad had bought some bins to do this and I knew that he was not going to get to this task and I at the very least could help them structure and prepare for future organizing by just simply making sure these Precious photos were better housed and contained. So that took forever. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's just phase one, right? So phase two won't occur until my mom decides she will officially retire, which she's hinted at for 
least three different times now that she's about to retire over the years. So I'm really not sure exactly when she's going to retire. I think it's going to be over the next two years. We'll see. But when she retires, then I can work with them in terms of actually going through these photos and figuring out who the people are, which ones really need to stay, and how we're going to preserve them for future generations. And so that's a bigger project that's definitely still reads as unfinished in my spirit, but I know that there's a time frame and a boundary around it. Similar to the recipe project as well, uh, my grandmother and my mother are brilliant when it comes to baking and cooking. It definitely skipped a generation with me, but I really enjoyed their meals and I want to preserve their legacy of brilliance in making pies and casseroles and mac and cheese and a turkey recipe that I have that my grandmother wrote in her handwriting. And I have this and I want to make sure it's carefully preserved and I want to make a recipe book. And when I talked about this project, my friends wanted it to be done already and were like more (laughs) excited than I was about it. And So they have told me I have to finish it within the decade. So we'll see that the uh, Ivy Winfrey like family recipe book will be worked on over the years. But those are the two things that I would say are definitely two big projects that remain unfinished, but they also remain on the to-do list because they're important. So to close this out today, let's consider that sometimes our unfinished business and our someday aspirations can literally stand in between finishing a goal or living a clutter-free lifestyle. More often, these things may be a big part of the vision that you have for yourself, but it's important to give yourself a break. If you just aren't really interested in something that seemed like a good plan or a decision that you've made in the past that just didn't quite work out. Step into your reality and lead with compassion and honesty. We're all human and it's okay to make mistakes. We've all invested our time, energy, and money on things that didn't work out for whatever reason. Trial and error is a necessary part of learning, growing, and adulting. Give yourself permission to let go of things that are no longer a part of your vision. Give yourself permission to change your mind and decide how to learn from past mistakes and how to spend your time, energy, and resources in new ways moving forward. Don't let a past plan turned unfinished business keep you from moving forward into the future with confidence. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and review the show, which helps us reach others along their tidying journeys. To extend your tidying experience, you can join the SparkJoy Club. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click join the club to become a member of the SparkJoy community or join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your hosts, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. 
Spark Joy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Kamari Media, Inc. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Kamari Media, Inc. or the Kamari Consultant Community.